to step up your self-care game? Best Buds makes a great addition to your routine. Best Buds is a premier manufacturer of federally compliant cannabis products. The products include Bud, CBD, oils, gummies, lotions, edibles, vape, pre-rolls, you name it. I love these products. If you live in Charleston, they will even bring them to your door. I have ordered stuff at like noon and there they are, like two hours later. I love the gummies. My, my typical routine is this. I do an oil in the morning and I do a, a gummy at night. If I want a little more oomph, I'll go with one of the Delta 8 gummies. If I just kind of mellowing out, one of the CBDs. The topicals are great for pulled muscles, especially if you're starting back up with a workout routine. Those topicals are amazing. And there's a beard oil that, uh, that smells really great. I don't have a beard, but I've smelled it. It's a great product. And you can go to bestbudsbff.com and use promo code YOGI10, Y-O-G-I-10, and get 10% off your purchase. Let's mellow it out this year, y'all. Hello, friends. Jay Stephen Willard here. Uh, season finale, I believe, for There Once Was a Yogi. Could be series finale. I don't know. I'm, I'm very on the fence about it. Uh, but I'm also at a very uh, emotionally vulnerable time to make a statement like that. As I record this, this is the day after the Club Q shooting in Colorado. And I just got to say, I'm, I'm just weary I'm just tired of turning on the news and and seeing stories like this at, at bars and schools and churches and grocery stores. Like, fuck. We gotta do better, y'all. We gotta do better. Anyway, I was on the fence about posting this episode. I thought about waiting a week, but shit, who knows what could happen in a week, right? So today is a conversation with my friend, one of my favorite people, Taylor Taylor. That is actually her name. The woman's so nice, they named her twice. And we are talking plant medicine, specifically ayahuasca. And uh, she's come, become quite the little expert on it. Why do I call her a little expert? She's become quite the expert on it. Uh, if you're curious about it, you definitely want to tune into it. I have been curious about it for a long time, and you will hear why I have not done it. I'll just give you a hint, bodily functions. But uh, give it a listen. Do your own research. Um, Take care of each other. Be kind to each other. And uh, let's support each other, huh? All right, until next time. All right, friends. Jay Stephen Willard here. Uh, with my friend, so nice, they named her twice, <laughs> my friend Taylor Taylor. That's actually her name, Taylor Taylor, Taylor Squared. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, this is the perfect time for us to talk, Taylor. We've been, we've been trying to coordinate this for quite some time. We have. But I'm doing this series uh, called The Seeker. Are you, have you ever heard that Dolly Parton song, The no, Seeker? I'll yeah. have to check it out. I was listening to it the other week, and it kind of inspired. Because uh, I consider myself someone who is, is constantly seeking. And I think I've only recently realized that what I'm actually seeking for. But I, I've I've looked in a lot of places. Would you? Are you similar? I would definitely agree with that. I think 
I'm a seeker and I'm curious and they kind of go hand in hand, you know, like spiritually curious Yeah. and, uh, you know, definitely a self-proclaimed spirit seeker. Where'd you grow up? Oh Lord, everywhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm was like a military brat that wasn't in the military. (laughs) Oh, okay. So we grew up overseas and I actually didn't come back to the States until I was 12. So, Mm. oh wow. Yeah. um, What was the most exotic place? Papua New Guinea. Oh, wow. Yes, I was there for seven years. We lived a little bit in Australia and then in Papua New Guinea as well, which wow. is basically I don't even where know where up. that is. It's north of Australia. <laughs> it's in the South Pacific Ocean. It's a country in the South Pacific, yeah, north of Australia. What was that like? I mean, crazy. It's like the jungle. It's definitely, we lived on a, uh, a compound where the gates were guarded with people at bows and arrows. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's how primitive it was. It was very, it was that's dangerous. Wild. and Yeah, it was like the jungle. Did you grow up in like a, did you grow up in like a religious household? No, not at all. In fact, my parents are atheists, Mm. but it's cool because they were always very open to like any type of exploration we wanted to do as kids to whether it was like going to church or, you know, whatever it may be. I feel like I benefited from that because there was no indoctrination. You know Mm. what I mean? Like I really formulated my own belief structure um on my own there was nothing that was forced on me or you know even heavily suggested so I feel like my spiritual path developed organically and Mm. you know in a way that felt very true and authentic and you didn't have a lot of baggage to have to well you get that eventually from other things I guess I guess that's true (laughs) like yeah no matter how old you are right so what was the first uh what was sort of the first path or belief system that you explored you know, I when we came back to the States, we lived in Salt Lake City, Utah, oh. which I'll tell you, yeah, going from, <laughs> you know, the jungles of New Guinea yeah. to a very heavily religious town, um, that put me off very early to organized religion in general. I yeah. really did yeah. not like the feeling of, you know, um, the people that I knew that grew up in these heavily religious households and like kind of the strange strict rules they had. And, mm-hmm. you know, it just seemed like, um, it wasn't something I felt I wanted, yeah. you know? And so I think I was averse for a very long time to any type of organized religion. And, you know, I have an Aquarius moon, so I like to do everything my way and kind of the weird different way. That makes so much sense now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I have always sort of tapped into, like, different things and explored mm-hmm. different, you know. Um, and I found that my spiritual path tends to be a combination of, of a few different, mm-hmm. you know, spiritual practices and belief systems instead of just, like, one specific. Have you have you ever explored, like, after that, any, like, organized yeah, religion I mean, after that? Yeah, I mean, I would go to like, Catholic mm-hmm. Mass because mm-hmm. I always really liked, like, the ritualism. Yeah, that same. That was intriguing. I, yeah. And, like, that. I don't know, like the smell of the uh-huh. whatever it is they burn in there. And, yeah. You know, I that was uh, intriguing to me. Yeah. But then once I got to like what they were really well, like. Yeah, yeah sometimes once you get to the ideology. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, very much so. Um, how would you do? Okay, let's see. Where do I want to go with this? Because I want to get to the plant medicine stuff. Mm-hmm. But, um, okay, so you and I met, Taylor and I met through yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, how long have you been coming to my classes now? Oh, gosh. I'd say five or six years, probably. Gotta be, right? Yeah. At least. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, were we close before COVID? Yes. Okay. It's, it's like time is I know. So, it's hard to remember like, I before. Can't, yeah. After. Like, it's like, oh, this happened last year. And then yeah. someone's like, no, that was seven years ago. I'm like, what? Yeah. But, yes, but Taylor, uh, Taylor, Taylor, uh, 
for a long time, well, when we first started reopening from COVID, there was a very small core group because we were only allowing four people into the, the studio, which is a very big room. And so the five of us <laughs> got very close very quickly. So it's kind of one of those things of like, oh yeah, I don't really remember life before you. Yeah. Uh, when did you start getting into yoga? I would say I've been practicing yoga for 10 or 11 years. And are you, for you, is it a physical practice? Or are you also attracted to the, the, the more spiritual it's esoteric? It's both, without okay. a doubt, for yeah. me. Like I what? feel like my yoga practice was, and still is, but was one of the first practices I did that brought me back into my body, if mm. that makes sense. Yes, yeah, totally. And then when I kind of cultivated that relationship of being back in my body, it only deepened my other spiritual practices. Mm. So it's key for me and has always been key for me in that regard. Like yoga is, I say, you know, one of the pillars of my life, yeah. but, you know, without a doubt, one of the pillars of my spirituality for sure. And I think because it combines, you know, the practice with the, really that sensation and that feeling of, of being in my body. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for all of my twenties, um, teen years through twenties, I was so outside and separated mm. from my body in that sense. Yeah. And a lot of my spiritual path has been the practice of getting back to that inner self, mm-hmm. which ironically I think is sort of the same path that we take to find God, you know? Yeah. yeah it's yeah, yeah, like yeah. the path to our true self, to our, our in, inner self mm-hmm. is also really a direct path in my opinion, um, to spirit. Yeah. You know. Um, that's interesting since your, <laughs> since your parents are atheists. I know. <laughs> Who would have thought? But again, I feel so lucky that they were because yeah. I yeah. I just was able to come to my own conclusions mm-hmm. and not have any guilt or anything about abandoning a bully structures yeah. that weren't mine a dog or whatever. Or something. Yeah. I know. I think one of the things I um, connect with you on also is that I, I often describe myself as equal parts awe and eye roll yeah <laughs> that I'm, I'm i'm skeptical of a lot of stuff uh-huh. and, and, and and rather cynical i think um i i feel like you kind of straddle those two worlds also mm-hmm. um because your work is by some i i think this is bullshit mm-hmm. but would not be considered spiritual right um so talk to me a little bit about that like how sure. you balance yeah. sort of the I always call it the woo-woo yes. with the practical, I guess, for right. lack of a better word. Well, it's funny because I think, you know, so work-wise, you know, part of what I do as a nurse is I work in aesthetics. So lots of Botox, lots of filler, lots of aesthetic lasers, you know, it's all, you know, cosmetic practices. But I feel like there is a little bit of the stigma of like, well, you can't be spiritual right. and watch housewives. You can't right. be spiritual and get Botox. Yeah. And like my answer is like, well, I am. Yeah. I do both. Holier than I that. literally <laughs> do both. And I, you know, I am spiritual. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I'm sensitive. I'm a Libra. I like don't, I, that does bother me sometimes because mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't want to be seen as superficial, but at the same time, I do like watching Housewives, but I also pray every day, and Listen, I meditate, and I, you know. I think the Housewives gives you a, a wonderful examination of human behavior, psychology, totally. philosophy, and I just, I just, yeah, I just went to a talk last night where uh, one of the topics was this holier-than-thou yeah. attitude that a lot of people in the 
uh, I'm going to do air quotes even though y'all can't see it, Mm -hmm. spiritual communities tend to have of where uh, he was saying how he had been invited to this uh, vegan fest. And um, well, prior to that, he was talking about like seeing these pictures of people screaming and it turned out to be these peace activists, but yet they, you know, they looked very angry and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And he, he was saying how the people at this festival was very much like that. And he's, said, you know, ahimsa, non-harming, also applies to your meat-eating brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. But it's this idea that, uh, well, you have to take on my beliefs. Like, you have to believe right. the same way as I do. Right. Which is just total BS. Right. And so, yeah, I, I've, listen, I've had that for my entire career. Yeah. <laughs> of, like, for 16, 17 years of, like, well, you can't drink and teach yoga. Right. You can't eat bacon and teach right. yoga. And I'm like, well, Says who? just watch me. I know. <laughs> but, you know, we're, we're meant to be on this earth in this physical experience right. being human. We're not meant to be really enlightened beings. We're supposed mm-hmm. to be human. We're supposed yeah. to have all those experiences and those layers of humanness. Like, right. are we supposed to sit in a cave and meditate in the Himalayas forever? I right. mean... I don't know. I don't really think that's the point of yeah. what we're here for. Yeah. But what is, this it might be slightly off topic, but since you uh, mentioned that you work in aesthetics, I, <laughs> is there ever like do you ever just like because I I, I see this a lot in people that uh, come to my class sometimes that have uh, clearly been uh, touched by an angel, as it were. <laughs> But then I see like that layer underneath of what that's actually, yeah, you know, what where that's actually coming from. Do you see that a lot in your work? And like, because you're a little bit empathic, I feel. Yeah. Like, because, you know, a lot of times, this is a very broad statement. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck it, I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> Just um, you know, a lot of times we do things like that to our bodies, whether yeah. it's, you know, procedures or working out or dieting or whatever, because either we're trying to fill a void or a hole or there's a fear of of aging mm-hmm. or that we're not good enough, etc. And I say this from my own experience. Like, I've never been motivated to work out because I wanted to feel stronger and be healthier. Mm-hmm. I've always only worked out because I wanted a nice ass. Yes, and look good. <laughs> to, yeah. Right. So do you see that a lot in your work? Yeah, like, for sure. Can you pick that up? Yeah, I think definitely as a woman in our mm, society, there mm-hmm. are, you know, it's a big range of people that I see, but I think there's extremes in all sorts of different things. Like, right. you know, the things we do to our bodies for the price of, you know, not aging right. is certainly one, but... You know, I think there always just has to be a balance. And I think as a nurse, when I have patients that leave feeling good about themselves and Mm -hmm. having confidence and smiling, I'll take that all day compared to patients that are miserable and in pain and, you know, yelling and I don't know. Mm. I just, I've done that too. And for me, it feels good to work where, you know, when a woman feels, or a man, feels good about themselves physically in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Like, I'm happy to be a part of that when Mm -hmm. I can. Um, But it can certainly become a problem, yeah, for sure, (laughs) if you let it, you know. Yeah. Back to Housewives, right? Yeah. (laughs) Perfect examples of some of those. I know. Um, You have a a son. I do, yep. He's how old? Seven. Are you raising him with any sort of 
like spiritual awareness or yeah. anything like that? Yeah, you are. for sure. I mean, it's important to me that he comes to his own conclusions about yeah. things because I was given that and it's mm. valuable. But that being said, he, you know, he's so funny. He like, you know, he's a very open-minded, I think by nature, spiritual little kid himself. He's an old soul. Um, and we have really good conversations. I think it's sparking that curiosity too mm. of just like, question everything yeah question everything and like let's talk about it and he's seven so sometimes it doesn't get that deep yeah but you know we consider all options we talk about what other people believe or like why do they believe that or what do you think you know he's still young he's forming his own thoughts but i think i do teach him prayer which i think is important Mm. um especially at that age knowing that when you have something weighing on your heart that there is a practice you can use um Mm -hmm. that can be helpful that can take fear or sadness or anxiety away so that's probably one that i encourage a lot that he's like "Eh, not always down (laughs) for but you know we try it's not that horrible i shouldn't say it's horrible I, I, now I lay me down to sleep prayer. Like, no. that was traumatizing. Oh, my God, no. Ours are probably, like, way more woo. We're like, <laughs> great spirit. Pray to the four directions. You know, like, ours are not even remotely close to that. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and I do teach him, you know, astrology. And he knows, like, his sun, moon, and rising. Oh, wow. And he knows when, what moon it is and how that can... So, I mean, that's kind of fun, too. Whether or not he takes that with him, yeah. I don't know, but... I try. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now, now you're very big into plant medicine. I am. Yeah. Uh, when did that start? I mean, it was probably two years ago that I even mm, started. Oh, yeah. I think. Was I, the pandemic? It was during the impetus, pandemic. Or? Yeah. It was. It actually no. I take that back. It was. So I did plant medicine for the first time two years ago, but I would say it was probably 2018 that it first like came on my radar. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, if you remember, you and I went to the old Zia before I went on my trip. And you were like, I feel like maybe you're going like zero to 60 with this. Like, you were like, do you think maybe you should just like maybe dabble with some mushrooms? Right? Like maybe smoke some weed before before going all in on. So was ayahuasca the first thing you tried? That was the first psychedelic medicine I've ever used. Yes. And it's funny because like, I don't eat, I don't smoke weed. I'm certainly not opposed to it at all. But I mean, I. It makes me paranoid. I'm yeah. a control freak. I don't do well. And that's why it was kind of funny. Like, some of my friends that, were like, yeah, what the hell are you also, doing right. then? Going and yeah. doing, you know, but... Ayahuasca is probably the only hallucinogen I have not tried yeah. <laughs> in full transparency. Yeah. Uh, I went through a very heavy mushroom period. And um, <laughs> my last, like, big trip was acid and mushrooms. Mm-hmm. And At the same time? Well, like a few hours apart, oh, okay. but basically. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I remember at one point having this feeling like, oh my God, what if this is like who I am now? Like, <laughs> like this is not ending. What if this is it now? Yeah. And uh, because I am a little bit, weirdly, I am a little bit of a control freak. I don't know that most people would see that part of, of me. Like you have to really be in with me to know that I'm a control freak. And, but ironically, it's never stopped me from doing mushrooms or smoking weed. Mm-hmm. But uh, but with ayahuasca, the part that freaks me out is the idea of I, I have said this because I had I almost went I think that was Thanksgiving of twenty nineteen, mm-hmm. and um, I had a friend from L A that was doing a, a ceremony in Costa Rica, 
and uh, I was about to do it and I had heard all this stuff and I was texting with him and I was like, listen, in my top 10 of fears, of all time fears, or and these are separate entries, these aren't even together, or uh, shitting myself in public <laughs> and throwing up in public. Yeah. <laughs> and like legit. And so I sent him this text thinking that I'm going to get this like, you know, kind of reassuring answer. And he's like, well, you should probably make peace with both of those things now because it, it's, it's going to happen. And I like chickened out at the last minute. You have not, because mm-hmm. you've gone... A few times now. Yeah. yeah. Is it three or four? Um, I've gone to Rhythmia in Costa Rica four times now. Oh, it is four yes. times. Mm-hmm. So tell us about that first time. So, well, it's funny when you say that about, like, shitting yourself and, you know, puking in public. Like, that's the thing I think a lot of people get hung up on, mm-hmm. because when you read about ayahuasca, that's, like, the thing that comes up. It's like, oh, oh yeah. you're going to shit yourself <laughs> right away, you know? And it's like, first of all, I mean knock on wood, like, it's never happened to me. Um, I don't really think it's that common. Um, Mm. It is a purgative medicine, so you, you know, are probably going to, you know, get sick one end or the other. But (laughs) but there are some people who don't at all. Um, So it's not like a guarantee. So did you throw up the first time? Yeah, I always throw up a little bit. But, you know, you you fast before you go into ceremony, and then you drink the medicine, and so there's really not, like, anything in your stomach. So it's not that terrible. And can you hear other people... You can, but they, in ceremony, they have music or, you know, you're also just on your own journey okay. and it's not... We're going to get into the spiritual stuff yeah. in a minute. Yeah. But can you, this is most important, right. can you smell? Uh, smell, no. I okay. mean, but also where I go, like we're in this very large... Open. It's called a maloca. It's yeah. like a ceremonial space and um, it has, you know, open windows and I've, I've never had any issue with like weird smells. Plus they use a lot of like copal and sage and they're burning oh, okay. stuff, so that helps okay. too. Yeah. Now, so... The first time you did it, did you go in with a clear intention of what you wanted out of it? Yes. I mean, I just, I had so much I wanted mm. to, you know, work on healing. But I went also with just some blind faith in the medicine. Mm. And, it, you know, it is a medicine. And yeah. I went with that intention that I wasn't going down to the jungle to, like, trip my balls off right. and, like, have a good time. I went <laughs> with, you know. Dad. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> and that's cool if you want right, to do that. Right. I don't care. But that was not my intention. And, you know, I went with a lot of respect for the medicine, for mm. the the lineage, and mm-hmm. for the experience. And I think that's super important for anybody who's called to drink this medicine in particular mm-hmm. is you have to respect it. Um, you have to respect where it comes from. You have to respect the rules around the diet that you follow before you go. Um, but you also have to respect that like, Hey, for me, I was going and I'm like, I'm going all the way to Costa Rica. I'm going to go sit in this Maloca with, you know, 50 other people. Yeah. Shit. Like I might as well go all in. <laughs> right. You know, like, right. I, mean, I mean, if you're going, yes, right? Let's you've just, made that investment. Yep. All my chips went yeah. in. So, um, so intention wise, I think I really just left a lot. Like, let me just not fight it. Let mm. me surrender, you mm-hmm. know, cause also like if you fight it is, doesn't always end up w- mm. well for you. You know, you yeah. really have to learn and everybody struggles a little bit with that surrender, especially with this medicine. But were you able to go in without an agenda or expectations? I think I had expectations that I think I was hopeful. Yeah. Um, but I also was like, I have no idea what this is going to mm. be like. But I I felt very, I had done a lot of research. I went to a very reputable place. Yeah. I felt very safe there. Yeah. The place I go to is the only medically licensed plant medicine facility that exists. Oh. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to die there. Like, yeah. th- that's for sure not going to happen. 
Um, and, and I felt really, by the time that first ceremony night rolled around, I went in and I felt ready. Mm-hmm. I was scared, but I was confident and I was ready and I was like, let's, let's just do it. And it's three nights, four nights of this? So Rhythmia, you're there for seven nights and you have four consecutive nights of ceremony. Okay. And each night that you drink medicine kind of builds from the previous night. So, so is that, as you're kind of progressing, so is your experience on like night three, is it different from your experience of night one? Like, is it more intense or I think more it's always different okay. um in fact they teach in the the tradition that every time you drink medicine it's for the first time mm. so you know you could drink 300 times in your life and you go and you drink the medicine and it's a brand new experience mm. and i can say in my experience it has been that way there's real no like rhyme or reason you could follow as to like well this is how i think it's going to go for me this is what might come up for me every time has been different the only consistency i guess is like I know I'm going to drink the first cup of medicine. I'm going to have some nausea. I yeah. may or may not throw up a little bit. And then after that, it's just who knows. Now, having done it four different times, are you still getting something from it? Are you still... Oh, my gosh. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't go back if I wasn't. Mm. I mean, it's not easy work. Right. Um, I think that's what I always say, too, is, like, if you're not... If you decide you want to drink this medicine and, you know participate in this ceremony if you're not willing to like look at yourself in maybe some of your shadow side Mm. some of the stuff that you're not proud of then you're not gonna have a good time Mm. and but on the flip side of that like let's say you go to ceremony you drink some medicine and the medicine shows you you know you're an asshole like you're a you're a shitty friend you're Mm. you know you're an unkind friend you're arrogant like maybe you're shown those things but then at the same time you have the opportunity to like heal those things yeah but you have to face them first yeah and I think when people have like a quote air quote bad trip um I think that could also happen when you're not in the right setting for sure but also like if you are fighting you know so so ceremony is physically discomfort you know it's uncomfortable at times but it's also like it's not fun (laughs) so I wouldn't do it if I didn't feel like it was providing me each time tremendous growth and clarity and um purpose on my path are you comfortable sharing like an aha moment that you experienced on any of these I would say like I think one of the biggest changes for me that I felt and ironically that this is said about a lot of psychedelics I think it's like the whole thing about expanded consciousness right but like well what does that really mean like you hear in the 60s they're all talking about expanding their consciousness but I think psychedelics in general and for me ayahuasca um I just don't look at life the same Mm. I don't know how to explain it other than my view and my vision of this path that I walk in life I went into ceremony with more of a limited view and I came out and it's blown open Mm. I mean I remember coming back from Costa Rica the first time I had gone by myself that trip and I remember coming back through customs and it was middle of COVID and Mm. I think I was in Atlanta and I back in the states and I was like I don't even I was so overwhelmed with being in the airport with all these people and it felt like I had you know had this huge spiritual experience and then I had to come home and like figure out how to live in the world again. Well, that, I was just getting ready to ask you, how, how has it changed or affected your day-to-day life? Well, my spiritual path is more important to me than anything. Mm. 
I mean, as you know, because you and I have talked, mm-hmm. I'm divorced and mm-hmm. like I haven't dated or anything. And, you know, I think just recently we were kind of talking about like, well, why not? It's probably mm-hmm. time or whatever. But for me, I, I feel like my priority is my son. And then also just I'm so devoted to my spiritual path. But that doesn't mean that I'm like, like I said, like going into a cave and meditating. Right. Like it's just my practices and like the progress I've made in my healing mm. and you know i this is just what feels right to me right now what how would how would you describe your spiritual practice right now i mean i have a lot of rituals so i'm you know i have an altar and that i think is really important because i need to have a tangible place yeah. and yeah. then i have my objects and things on it and that's where i pray um and i meditate mm-hmm. i have you know I'm yoga obviously um i journal a lot um I also feel like, you know, my upcoming podcast is, well, it's interesting too. So again, at the risk of sounding super woo here, um, one thing I have learned through my work with the medicine is that, you know, I have a very, like my throat chakra, you know, mm-hmm. my expression. <laughs> this is the second time in less than 24 hours I've heard throat chakra, by the way. Well, I mean, <laughs> a lot of people have these blocked throat chakras, yeah, yeah, yeah. man. It's like yeah. a whole, it's an epidemic. Yeah. So anyway, that's been, you know, healing mine has mm-hmm. been, um, has been work and I think that having this podcast and speaking openly and vulnerably and like truthfully and authentically about my experiences and my um I don't know I think it's going to be healing in that sense so what's the podcast going to be called it's called a higher way podcast a higher way with Tay oh I love that yeah thank you (laughs) it's um I'm waiting till after the eclipse to release just for good astrological juju there so I'm shooting for like mid to late November for release date but yeah it's a spiritually based podcast um but it's a place where we have conversations about all the stuff that I'm into, which is like obviously psychedelics and yeah. astrology, and yeah. you know, just having cool conversations with, to, with the intention of like expand your mind a little bit, right. expand your consciousness right. a little bit, you know. Um, have you explored any other plant medicines? I've dabbled in mushrooms, you know, but I just don't, and I think they're great, but um, ayahuasca is the one that I choose to work with. Yeah. And again, I mean, I'm not like drinking it every day. Like I'm very particular about, I go to a place where it's legal. I go to a place where it's medically licensed. And I also, you know, go when I feel like I'm called by the medicine. I'm Mm. not just like, you know, doing it on a whim all the time. And that's important too, because you have to work like integration is 50% of, of these, you know, practices. And so you drink the medicine, you have whatever, experience and then you have to go home and work through that and a lot of times people want to skip that part well yeah i mean that i mean we see that in i mean in most any form of i don't know we'll call it self-improvement yeah um i mean we we yeah people are very much uh, destination oriented right shit like this is very journey oriented and listen I've, i've made this joke all the time that when it comes to actual travel, I am very much a destination person. What Great. is the fastest, quickest yes. way I can get there? It's taken me a lot of years to realize that you can't do that. Like when you're trying to heal totally. stuff, like deep-rooted traumas right. or yep. you know, even like generational stuff. Right. Um, and I mean, that's true of, you know, if you're seeking traditional therapy. Like uh, I was talking to a friend of mine recently and we were... Hopefully it wasn't gossip, but we were discussing a mutual friend, and um, she said, yeah, they they talked about going to therapy and how they went twice, 
and felt like that was all they needed. And I was like, I have a feeling that's not true. Yeah, probably not. But I mean, I am a big believer in therapy. Yeah. And I've spent many of times, I think I did like five consecutive years of biweekly therapy mm-hmm. up until like about a year ago. Yeah. And for me, it was just like, I think it's a fantastic tool, but at some point you get the tools you need, you know, and right. then you have to just like put right. it in practice. Yeah. It cannot, you know, that type of talk therapy will only get you so far. Mm-hmm. And then you've got to like, Right, and I think that all of these things are, you can uh, cohabitate uh, together. Totally. Um, I mean, it's like, you know, I think that's true of any sort of healthcare, physical or mental healthcare, that Mm -hmm. you can blend traditional Western medicine with more alternative right quote and uh, i agree with that because as a nurse you know i'm like i've always said like i don't want to work in western medicine right um and i i think it's not that i'm you know there's time and place for it for sure but i'm more of like i believe so much in the metaphor like my throat chakra for example like i can't go to my primary care physician and tell them like look let's talk about my blocked throat chakra right what are we going to do about it i mean i gotta go seek out alternative practitioners yeah like if, if you got Got shot like a banana leaf is not what you want. No. (laughs) But you know what? If you have trauma, if you have depression, anxiety, if you have just shit in your life that you can't get over, some of these practices um, can be very beneficial. And Mm -hmm. like you mentioned ancestral trauma. I know that's Mm -hmm. like a woo-woo buzzword. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. It is. A, and I think it's it, it's passed down in the, the tissues of our body, yeah. but it's yeah. also passed down in like our families and the way, you know, the things we learn. Like, right. So right. it goes both ways. But that's and, the thing I think that sometimes people mistake is that when we say, you know, generational trauma that, yeah, it can refer to stuff in the 1600s, mm-hmm. but it can also very much refer to your great, great grandparents. Yes. Because how your great grandparents were raised. Right. Affected how your grandparents were right. raised. Affected how you were. Makes you know, perfect yeah. sense. I and, read this book just recently called um, "It Didn't Start with You." Oh. And, you know, I had high hopes for this book. It kind of fills okay. it out. So, Cliff Notes, real quick. Okay. But one of the things that they studied was like they had these these poor little mice, but they did these studies with mice where they they were exposed to trauma. Okay, mm-hmm. and then they extracted their blood and you know identified the markers that would be there, biochemical markers that would be there when you have trauma, probably yeah. like high cortisol and like some other stuff. They were able to trace three generations down these same biochemical markers yeah. that are passed down from trauma. So we're talking parents, grandparents, right. great-grandparents. I mean, the stuff gets into tissues, it man. It does. So yes. why wouldn't it get into It makes DNA? sense to me. Yeah. I know. It totally makes sense to me. Right. Hopefully not many people are rolling their eyes too much right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you're kind of segueing me into how I, I've been ending this particular series. Uh, do you have a book or two that you think... It could be on ayahuasca or anything that you think is beneficial for... Oh, my gosh. Okay. I probably should have warned you about that one. Well, that's okay, because I have a ton. Um, Untethered Soul by Michael Singer Mm -hmm. was a huge part of my spiritual awakening. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's a fantastic book, and you don't have to be, like, super woo to get into it. Yeah, I feel like it's pretty... I've got some other ones way down the woo scale. Just, you know, (laughs) DM me, and I'll let you know. But that's a good one to start, where it just makes you think differently yeah it's a start yeah uh which uh what's your aside from yoga any other methods of self-care 
Um, I mean, I'm big on, like, I go to sleep early and I get up early. Um, I eat mostly plant-based, you know, but I try not to be too strict. Like, I don't have a label for my, yeah. I don't really know what I am. But, yeah. like, I think, you know, eating as close to nature is helpful for me. I work on my stress levels. That's my tough one, mm. you know, but, again, that's where yoga is really helpful right. for me. Um, and then community, like, being with community of like-minded people. Mm-hmm. That you can have conversations like this with yeah, about. But yeah. also, like, we can go watch House of Steve <laughs> exactly. and we can go to the bar and, like, shoot tequila. But exactly. then we can also sit. Yeah. And that's that's what I love. It's like having a community of people that can do both. Well, I heard this really great line uh, last night. Uh, the guy was talking about instead of using, you know, the traditional Buddhist line of do no harm, he tries to apply do less harm. Mm-hmm. So he was saying, you know, like, when he's, you know, in a strange city at a restaurant, you know, he looks at the menu and he's, he's like, okay, what is on this menu that does the less harm mm-hmm. versus like, you know, berating the staff right. that there's not vegan options right. or, because I've seen that happen. Yeah. Um, so I, I was like, oh, that's a really cool way to apply that. Mm-hmm. Just, I think in life of like, yeah. okay, is this choice doing me less or more harm? Right. Uh, okay, and so then the last question, I actually started this on the last uh, season. Are you hopeful or optimistic about the future? I am. You are? I mean, I'm both sometimes. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, I'm both yeah. hopeful and scared. Mm-hmm. But I am hopeful because I do believe that this experience of life has grand design and mm-hmm. that there are no mistakes mm-hmm. and that sometimes just our limited thinking human brains can't make sense of a lot of it um suffering is hard to understand you know and there's a lot of it going on in the world yeah but i feel like also hey you know we're talking about psychedelics more i think that's helpful like you talk about the psychedelic renaissance back in the 60s or whatever it's kind of coming up again i think a lot of these plants can help a lot in terms of where we're going as humanity mm-hmm. so that gives me hope for sure yeah. and i you have to be hopeful because if you're not you know well i think it's also interesting you know i think that we tend to have very short-term memories of, of where we think because something's been this way a particular way for the last 20 years that it's always been this way when the fact is the world's always been a shit show right like there's never been a time where there were no wars right like i think anytime you have two or more people. Right. There's the opportunity for strife. Right. But I think that we have this idea that, like, all of this is new. And it's right. like, no, discord has always been around. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that these this makes any of this stuff acceptable. But, right. you know, like, I think about it from my point of view as a, as a, as a gay man. Uh, my right to marry has only been in existence for the last seven years. I know something that's so like crazy. that. Like... You know, which I never thought I would see. Mm-hmm. And, but I can also see where, like, oh, yeah, I could see, you know, that being taken away. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just, yeah, I think I was having this conversation with someone. I think we get very caught up with this idea of peace. Mm-hmm. That all this stuff we're doing is to create peace in the world. Right. There ain't never been peace in the world. Well, also. Not saying that doesn't yeah. mean that we don't try to do sure, less harm. absolutely. But, you like, know? start with yourself first. Exactly. You know? Exactly. I mean, if you're a lunatic, yeah. you can't bring forth right. world peace. Right. Um, but, yeah, maybe, again, instead of do no harm, we try to find the do less do harm. Do less. Or, I love that. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, thank you, Taylor. Thank you for having me. We'll, uh... Maybe after the podcast is officially launched, yes. we'll do a 
Would love we'll it. Do another sit down. And you can come on. Yes. And you on oh, my, I love that. Yes, definitely. I, you know, I love to talk about myself. <laughs> like, all right, friends. Uh, we'll all we'll put uh, the name of Taylor's website in the show notes, of course. And until next time, be kind when you can. And it turns out that that's most of the time. Yay! Jay Stephen Willard here. If you want to practice with me, there are lots of options available to you. Maybe not lots, but there are a few. There's a YouTube channel. There once was a yogi. I have many practices up on that. Some are short, 10-15 minutes. Some are an hour. Some are vinyasa yoga. Some are yin yoga. Some are meditation. Perfect to fit into your schedule. If you want to take a live class with me, and you don't live in the Charleston area, I teach primarily at Holy Cow Yoga Center. Charleston's longest running yoga studio. It might even be the longest running studio in the country. But holycowyoga.com, you can take any of my classes via Zoom. Or if you want to work with me one on one with yoga or meditation, shoot me an email. There once was a yogi at Gmail. Or DM me at you guessed it. There once was a yogi. Look forward to seeing you on your mat. <laughs>